I am pumped to be collaborating with Rotoballer for the 2021 baseball season. My Draft Champions podcast will be joining the Rotoballer radio podcast network. For a while now, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis, tools, and player news. The site and the team is bigger and better than ever, with articles, tools, and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from me. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code CHAMPIONS. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros, accuracy rankers, Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer Premium Draft Kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 player outlooks, and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Graham, shrimp boat captain. I don't know how you want to be introduced. That's perfect. Perfect. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm uh, pumped to talk some baseball. It's been a weird week of uh, baseballing, but we have games, and that's amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been it's been a nice nice week to watch some baseball. How are your team's doing? A couple of them are getting ravaged by injuries. Yeah, so same. that's what I mean by it's weird. But same. But I think everyone's a little bit in the same boat as as you and I. It's just fun. A lot of a lot of DCs have got Tim Anderson and Kettle Marte, so that's not going too hot. <laughs> I got a lot of Kettle Marte, which is tough, and I even had to start this weekend in in one in one league. Um, which was unfortunate, but um, I'm, yeah, I think um, there's been, it feels like there's been more injuries than normal. And that just shows you in, in some of these um, main events and in waiver wire leagues, the the non-draft and hold leagues, it's, it's a little bit tougher to, to roster any prospects or any stashes. It's really hard. Would you agree? Oh man, I'm learning that the hard way already. Like yeah. the 40, the 40th round picks and on, like in the moment you're like, Ah, screw it. I'll take, I don't know, Daniel Lynch. I have um, one you... early DC where I got Tyler Naquin in it, like in like round 50. And I am like, I saw, like I, he, he was, he was on my bench last week, um, obviously, because who knew, right? And this, and then now I'm like, oh my God, I, I actually needed an outfielder because I had injuries. And I saw Tyler Naquin on my bench. I'm like, thank God I noticed that. Jeez. Um, and that's like all these, yeah, all these like not, like all these guys you don't really expect to pop up just, they could save you. He just went deep again tonight, I think. I, he did, and I got him in my lineup. Oh, beauty. Yeah. Yeah, three straight games going deep. That outfield's kind of a mess, though. I don't like what's going to happen when Shogo's healthy. and Shogo's trash. I hope nothing happens to him. I hope he just stays on the bench because I don't have any of them. I have a lot of Senzel. I have a lot of – I have a couple Winker. Um, I'd rather just Senzel not worry about his playing time. To be honest, yeah, and, fair enough. They're gonna they're gonna have to play Shogo, I think, because they're paying him. But uh, uh, maybe, maybe. So um, let's let's talk about some predictions. I don't know if you want to call these bold predictions. Maybe we'll just we'll just call them regular predictions. I don't I don't like I've I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight predictions. Um, 
I wouldn't even, I was trying not to make them bold. I was trying to make them um, plausible. Well, I went, I went kind of the opposite route, but this was like a week ago when we talked about doing this. So some of them are, some of them are cooked already. <laughs> so let's go. Um, you go ahead. All right. The first one, I, I thought this was kind of funny is Enoli Paredes saves 40 games for the Astros. And he, just thought, hit the, I, he just hit the DL. I thought you were going to remove that one because, oh yeah, by the way, we should say that these predictions we wrote up before the season started. Oh Yeah. Yeah, so we are recording a weekend, but we're not cheating. These are, these are predictions that we, we put in before the season started. So I thought you were just going to delete that one out. So you, um, she, uh... no, no, I'll, I'll own my terrible call. Okay, I have, I have one too that I, that I'd like. Actually, my first one, um, I'll tell you my first one right here. Ketel Marte is robbed of the NL MVP after his team finishes 20 games under 500. <laughs> so, um, uh, that was my first one, um, but yeah, I don't know, it could still happen. If like I don't know, hopefully his D, uh, IL stint isn't too long. No, and the, I mean he was he looked so good. He looked so good. What was he, he was hitting like five hundred. He was he looked phenomenal. Hopefully he comes back um, because I need I need him. Okay, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is Randall Gritchuk is the best Blue Jays outfielder. What do you mean by the best? It's just like the the returns the most fantasy value. Okay. You mean um, he, he finishes highest on the rate or uh, player rate or he yields the most profit from where, where he was drafted. Oh, wow. I didn't get that granular about it. I he, wanted, he, I will finish, he finishes highest on the player rater. So higher than T Oscar, higher than Lords and higher than, than Jorge. Jorge Springer. Oh yeah, that's right. What am I thinking? Yeah, that's, that's definitely bold. But now that Springer's injured and um, yeah, that it's not like, it's not completely off the table. So that's, I was just I, I like thinking it. he might hit 40 home runs. He could steal some bases. If sure. George is done, like not done, but if George is out for a while, he'll get some, some leash. Yeah. I got him in a main event. I was talking to my buddy, Rob DiPietro. He's got, yeah, I think he, he drafted him, drafted him in a main event too. We're like, you know what? He could like, he fell to a point where he was really, really solid value. All right. My second one is the NL Cy Young award comes back to the Mets. However, Edwin Diaz flirts with a one ERA and leads the major leagues in saves, earning himself the Cy Young. Man, that's spicy. Yeah. When was the last time a reliever won the Cy Young? I believe it was uh, Eckersley, if I'm not mistaken. So was that like 94, 93? Ooh, 94 yeah. was a strike. It can't have been 94. I, I, I want to say 91. I don't know. I'm just guessing at that. Do you want to look it up? Uh, sure. Yeah, you look it up while I say my other one because I have, I think I have eight of these and you have five of them, so I'll I'll, I'll I'll throw another one out there while you look it up. Um, you might it might not even be accuracy; it might be someone else. But all right, um, my my third prediction is Omar Narvarez is the most profitable catcher um, in terms of where you drafted him. As many um, as many players in the NL Central rebound. He finishes second on his team with 25 home runs. And that's not that bold. No, no, I told you mine aren't that bold. I want to make them like actually perhaps happen. And, and the sad thing is I don't really have much of Narvarez at all, which I, he's kind of a FOMO guy, but I, I don't have none of them, but I don't have a lot of them. Does he have three bombs already or two? <sighs> two or three. Yeah. And I wrote that before the season started. It's just um, no cheating here. Nice. Eckersley won the Cy Young in 92. 92. Okay. Yeah. And he was the last reliever. So Edwin Diaz got to grow a mustache. <laughs> and uh, 
Cy Young Destin. When you were actually saying that, I figured you were going to say someone like Strowman or someone who was going to win the Cy Young. Oh, fuck no. No. Not Strowman. All right, go ahead. I got uh, Starlin Castro has 200 plus runs plus RBIs. No fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's hitting fourth behind uh, Soto and uh, Bell and Turner and super stud Victor Robles. So maybe he's hitting fifth, fourth or fifth. All right. Well, I know it's, it's, supposed a, to be it's not, it's not happening. I, 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 know. <laughs> I guess, I guess you're not supposed to like when somebody makes a bold prediction, I got, I guess you're not supposed to say no fucking way because that's bold prediction. No, that's acceptable. All right. Um, here's my fourth one. Jared Walsh and Shohei Otani hit more home runs combined than Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. No way. I know. <laughs> I if, know. Mike, if Mike Trout hits like 50. Jared Walston hit 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe. I think Jared Walsh could hit 40 bombs. If he play, if he gets like, if he gets semi-regular playing time, man, that guy's fucking good. That's why I drafted him like 800 times. And Otani, I don't know. He's going to get hurt, but we'll see. That's yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a semi-bold prediction. Yeah. That's out there. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Bryce Harper hits 62 home runs. Puck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen because I don't have any shares. Of- <laughs> I don't, I don't have any shares of Bryce Harper either, actually. All right, man. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, that's an interesting one. I, like I put 62 cause it's just Maris at, at 61 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I, that's kind of cool. All right. My next one is Jose DeLeon. And I, I know all my predictions are about my guys, but Jose DeLeon records 200 strikeouts across 140 innings. 200 strikeouts across 140? Yeah. That is large and in charge caper nine. What does that work out to? Well, it's 10 over 10 over 7. So what's, I don't know, 10 divided by 7 know. is, it's got to be like 14. 14 and a bit. Man, if he does that, he's taking the Cy Young from Edwin Diaz. No, he's not because he's going to have, a, he's going to have a whip of like 1.4. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> A six, a six walk per nine and a 14 K per nine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got any left? Uh, David Dahl goes 2020 and he is one of four Rangers who go 2020. Okay. So who, let me, let me guess. Well, Solak is another one, right? Yeah. Um, who else is on their team? Um, trying to, Oh, Tavares is one of you guys. I had a question mark beside him. These are these are bold predictions. You got to be sure of yourself. Um, so I, I I had Dahl, Solak, yeah, Gallo, and yeah. Kiner Falefa. Yeah, that's really that's really really bold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's happening, but I don't think that's happening either. Um, all right, my next one is um, and this I don't I don't even think this is a bold prediction. You might. Jared Kalanick is a top thirty pick in 2022, 2022 drafts. Top 30, so it'd be like a second round pick. Yeah. Like first, second round pick. Yeah. I could see it. There's I there's a path it. there's a pathway to it. Yeah. Especially if the Kyle Tucker was. Especially yeah, if the hype gets out of control. They need to call him up and play him first though. Yeah, they do. He they like, will. They will. He's coming soon. You yeah, know, the, the thing the thing is, like, you really don't have to like 
with all the injuries that like I'm getting, like I got Kettle Marte to deal with, I got Tim Anderson, Tatis, dealing, navigating all these injuries, like, and you paid so much for those guys, paying like a 180, 200 uh, pick price on Kettle, or not Kettle, on Kalenic and stashing him for like three weeks, not that bad. As long as you have someone, as long as you planned it out. Yeah, if you can fill the other spots. Yeah. Do you have any left? Uh, I got two left. Maybe no, I'll just... I'm, I'm done. All right, I got two left. Um, these are sort of similar ones, but um, I should have left this. I should have left the spiciest ones for last, but I didn't. Um, TJ Anton or Tyler, Tyler Molly finish higher on the player writer than Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo. So one of them will. I'm just trying to see how they could get the, the inning volume to finish higher than Castillo without Castillo getting injured. I think Molly could. I think Molly's going to get you the, well, he's going to get you the pitches. I think he's going to throw a similar number of pitches than Castillo. Probably not the innings, but pitches. All right. right. My, my other one is um, Jack Flaherty and Daniel Ponce de Leon finish way closer than you want them to in Roto value. So I didn't quantify it, but I'm just saying they're they might end the season very with very similar numbers. So it either it either means that Flaherty is bad. isn't very good or Ponce de Leon is really good. Yeah, I'm leaving it up to leaving it up to the uh, to the listener to decide. I could, I could see either of those scenarios. After Flaherty had his first start, I'm like, oh, this could be this could be there, but then he they pitched very well in the second start. I don't know. I just don't see I don't see Flaherty being a second round pick. Like I don't I think it. I did draft him early on in the second round, but as the season draft season went on, I've started to realize I, I, I don't think that price is right. Anyways, that's all I got. That's all we got for that. So let's talk about um, um, victory laps and FOMO. Do you have any uh, premature victory laps you want to take? Pre- premature victory laps that I want to take. Michael A. Taylor. Yeah. What, what, tell me about him. How, uh, tell me about your drafting story with Michael A. Taylor. Oh, I just I just thought I saw playing time in him and nobody was drafting him. No one saw it either. Like after like pick five hundred, so I, I scooped him up on a few teams and now he's hitting the crap out of the ball and I don't think he's stolen any bases yet, but he's playing every day, so that's that's pretty tidy profit there. No else was on him is I think Edwin Turnage, a guy that was in a bunch of drafts with me. I believe he was. A, forgive me if I'm mistaken, but I think he was he was in on Michael Taylor too. Oh, was he? I've, re- yeah. I've read his blog. He's a sharp dude. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone, any, uh, I'll give you one of mine. I'd say Jose De Leon. I was getting him in round 40. I got, I honestly got him in round 40 of every, I didn't miss him. I was a hundred percent on him and every single DC and NFBC 50 I did after a certain point, like at the beginning of the draft season until as soon as I heard that the report in, in Dominican, I think that's where he was playing that he just added like three ticks on his fastball and his, and his, and his breaking pitch was moving like crazy and he was striking at all these players. I knew it wasn't the major leagues, but round 40 and with that increased velocity and he's already got this, he's already got a starting role that he's they're letting him run with. So it goes along with my bold prediction. Um, I'll take a little premature victory lap and jinx myself on that one. Now he's going to get hurt or start being shit, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. I was taking uh, Sugano back in like November DCs. Oh yeah, at that spot, like 40, 41. It would have been a lot. <laughs> that would have been nice if he did come over, but yeah, wasn't it? Was it wasn't to be? 
Any anyone else? Who else I take victory lap on? Uh, Nate Lowe. I love Nate Lowe. Yeah, he um, looks really good. He's. I mean, it could it could all fall apart really quickly. It was. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to man. I think it's legit. Like I was looking at like uh, max exit velocities last like last year um, for players that didn't really have a lot of at bats, and he topped that list. Like there's a list with like. I'm just looking at guys that like didn't have like the qualified plate, like plate appearances. Like I was looking at Andrew, Anderson Tejada. I was looking at uh, Key Brian Hayes. Um, Brendan Rogers is also high. That's why I kind of liked him. But Nate Lowe is over 114 max exit velocity. So I think he could be a beast, man. You think he uh, makes enough contact though? That's always kind of been his bugaboo. Yeah, I think I think he can actually. I, just looking at his um, looking at his skill set, I th- I think he can. I'm taking victory laps on him and I'm questioning like whether or not it's legit, but uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Victory, victory laps doesn't need to be legit. I, I drafted him a lot. I, uh, I saw him play a few times in Durham, just going down to the States pre pandemic and watching triple a games. And I was just oh, like, really? this, this dude can fucking hit. Yeah. Yeah. He was, co- he was, he was the, that prospect. He was like on that on prospect list the year that Pete Alonzo was coming up. I was very much in on Pete Alonzo that year and Nate Lowe. Um, but unfortunately, it took Nate Lowe a little bit longer to develop. Um, me, I'll go with um, Jared Walsh. Ton of, ton of shares of him. Um, he looks like that power is legit. The playing time is very questionable right now, but I'll fuck it. It's a victory lap. It doesn't really mean much anyway, so I'll, I'll just take it. <laughs> that that home run he hit, like in the two home run game he had, the, the walk-off. Yeah. That was the most swaggy shit, like – that was so awesome. He didn't even flip the bat. He just like strutted off the field. Did you see his home run like, today? I smashed that shit. No, I missed it. I turned the Jays off because they were frustrating me. I wasn't watching them, but um, he who did he hit it off of? I don't know. Yeah, TJ Zook or Zouch or whatever his name is. Terrible at pronouncing names. Um, he just he, he didn't even look like he hit it hard or he swung hard, but he just pulled it and like he hit it over the um, he hit it over the batting cages in, in right field, like over top of them. In, um, in Dunedin. I think they're in Dunedin or they in Buffalo. I don't even know. I'll have to Doesn't matter. bring this up quick. My last one, and I I don't know if it's really victory laughable, but I was in on him, um, is Jose Altuve. I just nice. thought at his, at his cost, like I was like, I'll draft Jose Altuve in what, like the sixth round? Yeah. Like that's, every that's time. Cool. Like, and I, I did it mostly off of just the small sample of the playoffs. It was like, well, he's sucked for 60 games but he's hitting again in the playoffs and i was like like i don't see this guy being cooked at 30 years old no that's i love that pick i don't i just don't know uh, why i didn't get a lot of him and just because i was targeting other players around that time um who was i grabbing in, the, in those rounds i don't know but i was grabbing other players but i, uh-huh. I do like that call i do have a few altuve but i'm um, not enough i think he's gonna be i think he could be huge there Last guy I'll say is I'll throw out um, I'll throw out Josh Rojas I guess even though like these victory like how can you even take a victory lap one week into the season I don't know how do you how do you take a victory lap on somebody who's hitting under one hundred but I'm gonna do it because take, take a it. victory lap on playing time I'm taking a victory lap on somebody that's batting under one hundred there you go <laughs> <laughs> because I was drafting him in the in the round forty checks out all right well that's 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 it for the victory laps let's talk about the uh, walks of shame we'll get it and we'll, i'll get into walk. I'll, I'll define that later or the the origin of a walk of shame but um these are players that you have no shares of 
and um, you're like, shit, I should have had at least five shares of this guy. I'll give you, I'll give you one of mine right away. Joe Musgrove. Oh yeah. There you go. No shares. He wasn't, he was, he ended up not being cheap as draft season went on, but still like you gotta give like um, credit to the people that were drafting him. I won't mention any names, but um, I know there are certain guys that I was in drafts, like that were just nailing that every time. Um, smart players. Um, I know um, Modica was getting him like every time he could. Um, so good for him. Um, didn't get any of them. What about you? What about who's one for you? I wrote JD Martinez off as totally washed up and garbage. So did I. And that sucks because he's hitting the crap out of the ball again. Yeah. I, I just, utility only. I still like, I, I, I didn't write him off as for sure garbage, but just given all, given like the, the range of outcomes and his position, I figured there's better shots to take around where he was going. And I still stand by that, but yeah. He looks like he, he looks good. I'm not taking anything away from him. Yeah, I think that was it for me. 33-year-old UT only guy. Yes, like, yeah, I'll yeah, go right. somewhere else with that draft pick. But now it's kind of like, oh, he's going to do what J.D. Martinez always does, which is be a really useful player. Hit 300, you know. Yeah. Bunch of RBIs, bunch of home runs. Um, my next my next guy, I just, I just got two of them, is Jordan Montgomery. And, yeah, um, a lot of sharp players were on him, and I just didn't do enough research on him. And um, I was looking at other players around there. I was looking at Tyler Molly. I was looking at, looking at Aaron Savali. I was looking at um, like just other, um, grabbing other players around that range, Nick Solax. Like it was never, Montgomery was never a guy that was, um, and I know, I know you could have got him later than that in some drafts. So no excuse there. Just a guy that, a guy that he's, he's got one start so far and he did well, but he looks good. Um, if he continues, it's going to be a miss for me. I think he's got a two start this week, doesn't he? Um, should make sense because, um, yeah, I know he, I think, yeah, he was Monday and then he's probably Sunday. Yeah, I think he gets Baltimore or somebody like that. Yeah, so that should be another good start for him. Yeah. My last one's Tyler Glass now. Hmm. I, uh, I just, I've, I've watched a couple. He's had two starts, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. And both times he's looked pretty good. And I just, I thought after the playoffs there, when he had just had command issues and it seemed like the Yankees were really able to wait him out. Although he pitched really well in that last game. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was the Dodgers who waited him out. I'm like in the, in the world series final. Yeah. But you can't be too upset with that. He's, he was like a third round pick. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's okay to miss on guys like that. I think it's not, well, it, it's not as bad as like some of the pitchers that I missed on because they're, you can get them a lot cheaper, but right. yeah, no, I know I get it. He looks good, but he's still, he's still like, you, these pitchers aren't like cheap. They, you, st- you still had to pay a draft price for, for all these guys, but just um, despite the fact that we, I, I think we'd both still like to have shares of these players. And yeah, the, the, t- the two guys that you mentioned, I have no shares of either. So yeah, I've got neither of them. I just kind of wish I had some glass now, like now that he's got the extra pitch, like he looks like he's going to strike out a crap load of guys. Yeah. He could be that 14 K nine guy. Yeah. 140. Yeah. The, 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 my Jose De Leon prediction is not even bold at all. It might be light for Tyler glass. No 200 Ks in 140 innings. He could do that. 
Yeah, you could. But that's like, um, but you know who could probably do better than that is Corbin Burns. Oof. Yeah, woof, woof. Yeah. You have in the main event. Yeah, I do. That's awesome. And I was getting shit uh, on for reaching on him in round three, mid round three. But um, where do you think he goes in um, in uh, drafts if you had to redraft? Now? He's probably going at like the one-two turn. Like he'd probably go with like Giolito and. Yeah, I would probably take him. Over. I, I would draft him over Nola. I would draft him over Woodruff. I would draft him easily over Luis Castillo. Woodruff looks really good too, though. It's true. I don't know. I'd probably. Hmm. Yeah, Woodruff and Burns is an interesting toss. Yeah, but to Burns me. is not going to get the innings. That's the thing. He's, he's yeah, that's what... like 140, 150 innings. He probably ends up if he if he's healthy, he might end up having a DL stint here and there. Um, like Burns seems a good guy that could, and like like the health I'm not 100 percent on. So that's why he, like the like the like he should get a discount on him because of the health and the innings. But let's say he throws 140, 150 innings. I think that's going to be better. That's going to get you more value than. 120 more innings of a lot of those guys going in round two, like Flaherty. Like, I think he's easily over Flaherty right now. Yeah, Flaherty did not look great. Flaherty looked okay in his second start, but not, not to shit on Flaherty. Flaherty's okay. Um, what about you? Any, any more um, FOMO guys for you? Or, um, uh, you said, when you said walk a shame to me, I just I made a terrible move in my dynasty league. I completely misread a situation in that I uh, dropped Mark Melanson for Emilio Pagan. We, me and Curlin dropped Melanson for I don't even know in our tag team league. We dropped him for Kyle Crick. Oof! And I think I think uh, Melanson got fab for like four hundred fab too. Yeah, it was it was brutal. It's the absolute worst feeling when you drop a guy and they sell for like that kind of a winning bid in a league. Yeah, like, we drew, we dropped Melanson and then we and we we picked up Merriweather for like three hundred dollars. So, oh, and then somebody picked up Melanson for three hundred dollars. It was not good. It was just I don't think we dropped it for Crick. It was it could have been like it was someone we just we just like we just we just bought into the the, the Pagan thing and that's such a stupid like it's such a stupid thing. We weren't, we didn't think out fab. We didn't spend enough time just really rationalizing. We're like, okay, we want, there were so many good players on waiver wires on the waiver wire because the league had drafted so early. There were all these good options out there. So we figured, okay, we got to drop, like a lot of these guys are drops for these good options. And Melanson just ended up being like someone that wasn't prioritized in, in terms of our roster construction because at that point, he wasn't a closer. He was actually like, at that point, like I can sympathize with you because at that point there was like a couple people in that bullpen. You got, you had Pomeranz, you had Pagan, you had Melanson. No one knew what was going to go on. It's easy in hindsight to say, Oh, Melanson has the tenure. He should have been the closer, but no one knew at that point. And there was all these reports about Pagan. So like Pagan was prioritized over Melanson. And there was all these other spec closers that could have been like, there was the Alvarado's and all this stuff that like, they, they could all these players that could have been closers. So Really, in hindsight, it seems stupid, but it's just, you know what? Lesson there for me is that when going into the season, if the, if, if the manager doesn't name a closer and there's a bunch of options and you have one of them, don't drop them until let it, let the, let it shake out. Yeah, and probably just in a snake, take the old cheap guy. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's worked out for Greg Holland, but like Wade Davis is in the mix. There's an old cheap guy. I don't know what's going on there, but um, I, but I know Mike DeMouth really hopes Wade Davis is the closer. It's $300. $329. And, he, and not in, that was the most expensive one, but he got him in a bunch of leagues. And I spent, I probably spent too much on him as well. I spent over a hundred bucks on Wade Davis. I think like a hundred and five bucks or something like that. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't ridiculous. Like Mike the mouth, like obviously Mike the mouth is terrible at fab, but um, I also, I also overspent on him, but not by like, I overspent, but I wasn't just, it wasn't like embarrassing, like Mike the mouth. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other, I should bring up a closer chart here, but I know like even Greg Jewett with his closers and coffee was on a pod the other day and he was talking about how he misread the Padres situation, which kind of made me feel a little bit better about my, yeah. my walk of shame there. Dropping yeah, that would because um, Jewett's, Jewett's the man, like he's the man when it comes to closers. So that, that does give you a little bit of a, a little bit of sense of relief. Um, speaking of closers, let's talk about closers. There's been so much going on. Um, we talked about, we talked about San Diego, um, Philadelphia, uh, kind, kind of threw everyone through a loop. I think, I, I guess some people, some people nailed the nearest pick and that made sense. Um, it's still, it still could end up being Alvarado in, in two, in two or three weeks from now. Um, what other, what other situations are sort of in flux? Like Pittsburgh, I think threw people through a loop. People were drafting Crick and like, there was reports from the team that they don't, they don't want Rodriguez in the closer role. Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims and apparently Sean Doolittle's good again. Oh fuck, he has he has the velocity back according yeah. to his chart. I mean, it, the closers are a freaking zoo. What's going on in Arizona? Oh fuck, I don't know. I think it's going to end up being Ginkle. Like yeah. when it's all said and done, like Ginkle was one of the guys that I like that I was on last year, like late in DCs, because like he just had the better numbers. Who was who was the other option? But like he was Archie Bradley last year. And I'm like, I was just grabbing Ginkle, like sort of like how people were grabbing like Rowan Wick this year as like in pick 500. I'm like, this guy, like the minor league track record, like he was almost like a Karinchak type guy with like good control, um, a lot of potential there, might be the most talented guy in that bullpen. Um, at first you had Soria and Crichton. Now that those guys are like sort of taking the backseat, don't know what the fuck's going on with Devensky. Devensky. Um, there's other people, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, people there but i think um there's another there's another name too that i'm forgetting yon lopez yeah i uh i was just screwing around and looking at relievers who have high csws and high swinging strike rates Mm -hmm. and yon lopez pops up and like i know he was a you know closer prospect type years ago and then he had tommy john and then he came up and gave up a ton of home runs and never really became anything and now he's back and I like, I don't, CSW is obviously not stable yet. I don't know how many appearances or whatever it needs for a reliever to stabilize. I think for starters, it's like six starts or eight starts. Um, but his swing strike and CSW rates were popping off the page when I last looked the other day. Honestly, I have to look into him. So it's, I'm, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write his name down. Yon Lopez on this piece of paper. Y-O-A-N. Y O yep that guy spelled it right. Lopez, yeah, how, how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, like the like like George Lopez. Yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. Um, another team that I want to talk about is I had it on the tip of my tongue, and why am I forgetting it? You can chime in with any other um, 
Miami. Uh, Miami was a team I was going to talk about. Oh, nice. Yimi, Yimi Garcia. Yimi Garcia, baby. I think I think Yimi takes the job at some point. I don't think soon. I wouldn't be spending a ton of money on him. I think it's bad. Like Mattingly came out to um, and said, Bass still has the job. Right. So I wouldn't be spending a lot of money on Fab on um, what's his face, Yimi Garcia, if he's available. But if I had room, I'd pick him up. Just, I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't think Bass is going to make it through the year as that closer. Well, he, he gave up the bomb to McNeil yesterday, and then you can't fault him for that bullshit with Conforto's elbow or whatever. But like, he did blow the save before the no, loss. I never believed in him in Toronto, and I think Romano was the better pitcher. I don't believe him in. I, I don't believe in him in Miami either. Did he close games in Seattle before he came to Toronto? me i don't know i'm not sure but maybe a couple i'm trying to remember like how he suddenly came to toronto and then was you know dubbed the closer well giles got injured right he was never intended to be the closer right right that's two two years in a row i'm looking at these closer charts and old and boring guys is the way to go for closers in drafts define boring because boring is no strikeouts and strikeouts are important for closers. Cesar Cesar Valdez oh my he's, god he's getting saves fuck that he's like, getting I, saves I, I don't I don't know Daniel Daniel Bard he's throwing gas he's getting oh, saves okay that's legitimate like he's throwing gas but like low, uh, what's his name Valdez is throwing like 86 yeah I, I don't really want Cesar Valdez but I, I'm just I'm trying to justify this narrative I'm creating here on uh, guys okay. from 35 and over or 33 and over and are getting cheap Well, yeah, saves. you got – well, let's count. Bass, Melan- Melanson, Bard. Um, who's the other guy we just mentioned? Um, the Baltimore guy. Oh, Cesar Valdez. Cesar Valdez. Who else is there? There's Davis Davis and Holland, part of that committee. Um, Jake, uh, Jake Diekman, if it ends up being him. How old is he? I don't know. He's old. I got another one, Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy, yeah. There's another one. Um, huh. Brad Brad Hand's old, but you had to pay. He cost. He I don't even think. I don't even table. think he's that old. No, he just seems old. I don't know. Yeah. I actually I actually don't know. M- Melanson's old. Melanson is old. I th- I don't know. I think Brad Hand. If I had to guess, like he just he just throws soft now, but I don't I don't know how old he is. Is Brad Hand over 32? I would say no. I would say he could be like he's 32 or young. He's 31. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. He's 31 years old. Yeah. All right. Well, 2BD. 2022 DCs drafting all old closers. Yeah. You know, the, the good thing about that, Graham, every closer this year will be older next year. nice (laughs) um all right let's move on to injuries i don't i don't really want to talk about this because i'm i'm getting hit with injuries i I thought i thought i was um dancing through the rain the raindrops with all these injuries going down and then i'm like um well gallon was my first real hit now we got tim anderson tatis cattle martin man this fucking sucks the nationals the nationals yes just uh, nobody's playing. 
That's yeah, garbage. And, 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 you know, I got a zero from DeGrom where I drafted him. I, I, I didn't have many DeGrom shares, but I did want to diversify and get, I think I had three shares of DeGrom in DCs and or three shares overall, I think two DCs and one OC. Um, I took a zero from him the first week, but luckily I had no shares of any Nationals pitchers, which is good. Scherzer, Corbin, or Strasburg, none of them. So that didn't hurt me. I had no Josh Bell. Um, I had a couple Trey Turner, and I had that. The only share of Shorber I had was in there, was the main event that you that you and I drafted together. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> he's still good. When Mike the Mouth came on my episode, he's he like he literally looked at that draft and he's like, I can't believe you got Shorber that late. He's like, that was a gift. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's looking at the draft. He's like, you had a lot of good players in your draft too. He's like, I can't believe they let you have Shorber that in like round 18, but. I was I wasn't huge on Schwarber, but like, no, man, damn, I needed I needed an outfielder there, and he definitely fit my team. Um, yeah, Kendall Marte is one guy. Like, okay, Tatis, yo, I have an offer in my like. I'd step away from Yahoo. Um, let's, sorry, I'd step away from NFBC and get into Yahoo. It's a not it's not a keeper league. It's an OBP league. I haven't thought that that really is that relevant here. You know that trade that I traded Tatis for Josh Rojas. Yeah, you sent me a screenshot of it. Yeah, and then it got vetoed in the in the league, um, so that t- that trade died. And then so I'm like, okay, look, listen, like I'm not like I think I've played in this league long enough to have to, to you guys know I have, like there's there's no integrity issue, and it's two people making this decision. There's risk on both ends. But then anyways, any I'm like, listen, like Tatis is on the block. If anyone wants to make an offer, hit me up. So uh, now I've I've a pending offer of Andres Jimenez for Fernando Tatis. I'm thinking maybe that's time to pull the trigger on that, but like Jimenez is also not looking as valuable as people like it's only a week still. So, um, but it's a shallower league, right? So like those guys, those Jimenez types aren't as valuable there because he's going to hurt your like home runs and RBIs and you really can't take up a weak spot in those, like it's a 12 team league and OBP it's not just it's it's not like Jimenez doesn't have the value in those leagues as he does in the NFBC where like stolen bases are just so critical yeah if it's a 12 teamer you can just if you have Jimenez you'll probably want to just stream that spot anyway and like, you know, well the thing is if good room gets hot you, you know what's the difference well yeah I wouldn't be touching I wouldn't be touching him but yeah somebody else but yeah I'm just pulling the, the other thing guy. is I, there's there's DL spots in this league too so I don't know how long that, that, that begs the question, how long is Tatis going to be out for? Because they're not initially they're not doing surgery. Um, this injury could be something that keeps recurring. We've already seen it kind of recur. Um, we don't know how long the rest and rehab route is going to take. I'm assuming like if you're lucky, you're going to be, ha- you're going to have him back sometime in May, if you're lucky, um, which still isn't terrible. Turns him into like somebody that's, they got drafted in the first round to somebody that should get drafted in like the sixth round. If he, if, if he comes back in May and stays relatively healthy. So it's not, you're not going to get any running from him though. He's not sliding anywhere. Never know. Like if, if he's healthy enough to swing then he's healthy enough to run, like, yeah, maybe I don't like he's, this guy's got one gear. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he's going to run as much, but I wouldn't rule it out. Like running is a big part of that game. I don't know. Does he slide head first? Can he, can he start sliding feet first? Hmm. That's, that's, that's a really irrelevant question right now. 
Um, get well soon, Fernando. Yeah, get that. We'll, we'll 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 close it off on that. Um, Kettle Marte. Don't again. We don't know. So whoever's listening to this is two guys talking about injuries, and we don't know a fucking thing. So yeah, we don't know uh, shit. I don't know why we're. I don't know why anyone's listening to this. It's really like, oh, when do you think Kettle Marte is going to be back? I don't I, I, I don't know. He's got a fucked up quad or is it a yeah. hammy? Oh, I, 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 I saw, hey, I saw that he was running and then he stopped running. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is going to happen there? This is a hard hitting analysis that people come this, here for. This is riveting. This is riveting stuff. I don't know. I hope you get well. Get well soon, Ketel Marte. What about oh, okay? Let's let's okay. Now let's get to the heavy hitters here. Tim Anderson. Guess what? Man. He's hurt too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't he, know. He was declared not that hurt, but then he's more hurt. Is that was is that what the doctor's note said? Not that hurt. The, the, well, I, that's what Tony Larusa said. He's basically a doctor. Yeah, Doctor Larusa. Yeah. He he said he shouldn't miss too much time. He should be back for the next series, and now he's on the DL. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And he also says that like um, Andrew Vaughn's not a core guy. Yeah, I saw those quotes. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, but Yerman Mercedes looks good. Speaking of not injured players. Speaking of not injured, yeah, there's a, there's a guy I know nothing about. Speaking oh. of injuries, he injured the ball when he hit it 40, 485 feet. Did he hit a home run that far yesterday? Was that the, was I, that the bomb he hit? I know, all these days are melding together. I don't, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but he just, I think he was like 113 miles an hour, which seems like balls are getting hit further or faster this, this year. They are harder. They're, they're not going as far. I heard uh, Zola talking about that. Yeah. Uh, on the Rotowire pod with Clay Link. The balls are getting, and I, I guess Chamberlain's on it too. And maybe, I think he was talking about Chamberlain. But yeah, the ball's getting, the exit velocity is high, higher. He speculated like the transfer of energy to a smaller object or something. But the ball's not traveling as far potentially because of the drag of the, the hmm. raised seams. Interesting. That's, um, that makes sense. Um, it seems plausible without really knowing anything about it. Um, any other injury here? Injuries and physics, man. Yeah. What else can we talk about that we really that that we really have like no expertise on? Well, the, the other injury I had written down here because it just broke was that Mitch Moreland's going out. Oh, Seth Brown time. Yeah. So fire up your boy for Seth Brown. I just grabbed him in a dynasty for. Uh, for nothing. I think it was a zero dollar bid. Nothing I think sadly that. I had to start him in some leagues. I actually started him started him. He's only got two games this weekend, but I started him over other two game guys because man, in these NFBC leagues, like I've learned it's a bird in the hand because you don't wait for like you don't wait for other guys to like that are that are playing tomorrow to like maybe start because if another guy has like a two game week, like take for example Gregory Polanco. He's got two games this week. So does Seth Brown. Seth Brown's playing today. Bird in the hand, man. Like Seth right. Brown might not play tomorrow. He might only get one of those two games, but like, man, I don't know if Gregory Polanco is going to play like at all. Like he should get one game, but man, like, I don't know. It's not like, like Seth Brown had a terrible matchup today. Like how did he do? Probably didn't get any hits. But. I don't think he got any hits. He might've drawn a walk. I should, I should clarify on Moreland. He, uh, the news release says he's dealing with a hamstring issue, but is available to pinch hit. Whatever well, that means. On to win because the bullpen, Cam Bedrosian blew it. Lucas Sims is shit. Weren't they up five nothing? Yep, it's five five now. Holy shit! 
Well, at least Anton, like I, I actually had Anton not started in a lot of leagues just because I had way better options like Brad Keller. Um, but who knows? Like like right now, Anton's just a reliever. Um, I believe he's going to get into that rotation sooner than later, but three Ks over two innings, one hit, no walks. Don't know. I'll have to look more into um, like his pitch mix and his velocity, but uh, the box score looks good. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm just happy he's um, progressing well. Too bad Molly couldn't get that win, but he would have been blown for him anyways. Naquin hit a home run. What was I looking for? I was looking for Seth Brown. Is that game over yet? It is. Yeah, that game's over. They they finally. I think was that Oakland's first win. They finally won a game. Mm-hmm. No, it's their second walk. win. He walked. Yeah, I, ch- I checked the box score when I put the claim in. He walked and struck out twice. Yeah, that's not great. Hopefully, is hopefully is a good game tomorrow. Who's who, who's pitching for the Astros tomorrow? I think it's Arkady. So that's a, that's a tough matchup. So well, we shall see. We shall see. Okay. Let's go for let's get into our two for one segment. We haven't gotten to this for a while. We haven't gotten to this for a couple episodes now, but you got a two for one trade for me, Graham. Oh, uh, Dynasty two for ones. Yeah, I got yeah. one for you. All right. All right. I want your boy Jared Walsh off you. Mm, okay. See, I realize as I as I propose this, you're just gonna say no to everything I offer because you love him and he's mashing. Yeah, and I hate I hate giving up one player for two. Yeah. So and we'll so, see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer you Nolan Gorman and Bobby Bradley. <sighs> I'd say no, but it's it's close, man. That's really close. I think like because in the I'm, I'm, the way I'm picturing it in this league, if you're offering me a two for one and you're you're going for like Jared Walsh, he's not really a top top level guy. The second player you're offering me is probably like almost like a droppable guy in that league. Right. So Gore, it's basically, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head of what I was expecting to be deciding about is, okay, is Jared Walsh better than that best player in that deal, which is Gorman. Like you would like you take that deal last year, but this year after Jared Walsh, Jared Walsh is trending to be like that Pete Alonzo type player. And he just needs more playing time. Once, once Albert Pujols retires in a couple of weeks, then Jared Walsh will be great. So no, I declined that deal. All right, I'm gonna up the ante. All right. I'm gonna offer you Jaron Duran. Okay. And Julian Merriweather for Jared Walsh. Oh, I hate relievers in dynasty leagues though. <laughs> it's a two for one though. One of the players is gonna be kind of poopy. Yeah. I really like Jaron Duran, and you know that. I know that's why that's why I came up with these. Is it a saves and hold league? Uh, I don't know. So it's, what, it's whatever you want it to be. Oh fuck. Uh, sure, it it saves holds and uh, OBP. No, I'll, I'll decline it just because in dynasty I'm not really like valuing stolen bases as much. Like the, Jared Walsh's skill set's going to stay with him for like pretty much his whole career, you'd assume. But then Jared Durant's skill set's going to be there for like half and half his career, and then. Like, second half of his career is going to, he's going to be shit because he's not going to steal bases anymore. He's just going to be like an Adam Eaton light. So I think long-term, even though Jerry Walsh is a lot older, that's another thing to factor in. He's only 27. Okay. So I think Darren Duran's kind of old too. I think he's 24, 25. Yeah. So no, no, I'm going to decline that too. You know, you know, I'm a tough guy to do two for ones with. All right. Keone Cavaco and Oriel Vis Martinez. Jared Walsh. Worst one yet. No. 
<laughs> yeah, they're, they're too far away. Yeah, no. They're both teenagers. Yeah, no. All right, those are the two for ones I had. All right, we didn't make a deal today. We didn't make a deal today. It's a going theme. All right, that, that's that's pretty much it. We're we're gonna we're now into the fun facts part of the evening. It's sort of like a roast, and um, if you're if you're roasted, then take it in good humor, man. Like um, if you're listening. So let's let's start let's start off here. We here we go. Um, fun fact number one. Sometimes things are just so obvious that you don't realize it because it's too obvious. For example, it's called the alphabet because the Greek alphabet starts with the letters alpha beta. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I started doing these fun facts. Likewise, it was just so obvious that James Paxton was going to get hurt, but you still drafted him in the the, the 16th round. (laughs) That's pretty funny. You're you're already a better audience than uh, Mike DeMouth. That was my worst one. Um, all right. Many years ago, on December 26th, the championship less Yankees basement dwellers at the time agreed to give Boston $125,000 in cash, three annual payments of $25,000, and a Frazzy himself, a loan of $300,000. Boston wouldn't win another championship for 86 years, while the pinstripes would secure 27 with Babe Ruth. History was made forever. There hasn't been a more regrettable decision since Greg Blankenship called Corbin Burns a bust in round three. Boom, roasted. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, let's um, okay. Let's move on to this one. We got two more. There's only there's only there's only four. I didn't have time to make a fifth because I just didn't have time. So there's a lot there's there's lots of talk about victory laps, calling your shots in the fantasy world. We just did a couple, but there's but very few people take a walk of shame publicly on their misses, which we did. Enter Joe Musgrove, no hitter. For those of you that don't know, the, the, the term walk of shame comes from an individual who goes home from the bar with someone that they just met and has to either walk home or walk to class in the same clothes that they were in the night before. The embarrassment is compounded, not only because you made a terrible decision, but you're also wearing a reused outfit. This reminds me a lot of Cubby Knoll, his fate on Joe Musgrove, that video, because he doesn't only make a terrible decision here, but he's also wearing but he also wears that hat, which is more embarrassing than reusing any outfit. Boom, roasted. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what I'm supposed to be doing here. Yeah, if you're not laughing, hype man. If, 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 you're your... not, if, you're, if you're not laughing, then you're just yeah. I'm your hype man. You're the boom roasted. Okay, we got last one here. Um, the fantasy, the fantasy sports writers association uh, distributes awards at the end of the year for article of the year, research article of the year, and ongoing series. They're um, the, the, the fantasy baseball world is so full of great articles that outstanding articles are still unrecognized. In an effort to be more inclusive, the FSWA has introduced a new category this year called Dear Diary category, in which it awards fantasy baseball writers uh, for the best excerpts from their personal diaries that they write before bed. This year, we already have a dead heat with two phenomenal blogs from the diaries of Smada BB and Future Ghost. <laughs> So uh, yeah, no, I think those are definitely FW, FW, FSWA quality um, articles. And like, I thought when uh, Smata did his, I thought like he, like that was like definitely a dark horse for a winning an FWS, FSWA. But then there was just another one that came out recently. These things are just fucking great articles um, that are definitely award award um, award worthy. I guess I got some reading to do. I've been spending time watching baseball and being outside. It's nice. 
every every once in a while it's good to log off the internet and just uh... <laughs> yeah. you gotta laugh you gotta laugh about it yeah i don't know that's all we got that's all she wrote for this episode well that's quick and tidy yeah you usually um yeah usually we just drag it on but you know what? it's going to be quick and tidy man we, we got done before the uh the the reds and diamondbacks even got done this is like like one hour pod yeah that's crazy it's like people do one hour pods i mean not draft champagne that's for sure no we're like um look at us we're just dragging it on right now because yeah we, yo the, the we, colonel, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even know what to do we don't the like, colonel's oh, pitching dude is he yeah, he's in the game right now. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Is it tie game still? Yeah, five five. The Colonel's pitching to Cole Calhoun. The only game that's going on. We can we can do live commentary just because we don't know what to do because we <laughs> we finally had a nice concise pod that was going to be. It was actually a good podcast. It was nice and concise. We had some injury. We had some really good medical analysis. Um, it's what it's what the listeners want. So no Amir Garrett. I wonder if we'll see him later on. Maybe they're, they're saving Amir Garrett. So this does, this is, this is some heavy hitting analysis here. So this, this shows that they're maybe um, saving Amir Garrett for the closing role, even though he's been poop this year. Wouldn't he pitch right now if he was the closer? Why? They're not winning. Yeah, but don't closers usually come into tie games to make sure you make it to extras? Um... Sometimes. No, that, that's usually what you do if you're the home team. I was thinking that. I wasn't, I'm trying to. Yeah, to, to give you the shot at the win in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, Naquin had a homer and a steal. Fuck yeah. Is Naquin going to be like one of those guys this year? I have no idea. I have zero shares. I got the one share by like, by like accident. How many shares does Casey Shaw have of Tyler Naquin? Oh, I, that's that's another thing that, uh, that NFBC should do. They should be able to, you should be able to search player shares for all teams afterwards because it really all it really all is public information. It's just a matter of compiling that public information. Sack go down to Columbus. 
I'm seeing that mice just got reassigned. I embrace for those who will outbid us this time. I'm just a streamer. I stream my fab If we could trust the ground When will Brady Singer, Yates and Flaherty Be done I'm just a streamer I stream John Gray Away I'm just a streamer the street. 